Voice of Fintech. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech Africa series. I'm Rudy Fala, the founder of Voice of Fintech podcast. In this series, you will hear inspirational stories of entrepreneurs, investors, incumbents, and ecosystem hub leaders from Africa. And this episode is hosted by Stacy. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, the African series. I'm Stacey Jafter, and today I'll be chatting with Wayne Swiss, CEO of Basalt Technology. Basalt Technology is an award-winning software development company that solves complex business problems through the rapid implementation of profitable, disruptive technology solutions. In this episode, Wayne and I chat about all things fintech, important attributes to look for in your leadership team, and the difference between the traditional model and the new model of VCs in Africa. Hello, Wayne. How are you doing? Hey there. How are you doing? Good, and you? Good, good, good. How's your day been? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Where are you in the world right now? That's a good question because we could be anywhere at this stage. Anyone yes. could be anywhere. So I'm <laughs> yes. currently in Johannesburg, South Africa. And yeah, we got offices and teams dotted all over. Yeah. Awesome. How's the last couple of months been for you? Ups and downs, I think. You know, it's, last year was a very easy year for us, a really good year. But really? Think, uh, yeah. But just like dealing on the long tail of probably conversions and leads and new projects coming in, which we're, we're catching up our feet on which catching our breath out now but uh, yeah it just shows how one starts to understand business cycles and Mm. how long your new business conversion cycle is until you really need to know yes well before we dive any deeper i would just love to hear more about your career journey and essentially what led you to build basalt technology so well i started off in hand design actual art fine art and graphic design and then and then what's quite interesting, when, then when, when after school, being very creative, I always wanted to run a business, have my own company. It was just being something I knew I wanted to and will do. And then I, I, my, my, my mom at that stage, I can imagine a little uh, young boy saying he wants to do, run his own company. Yeah. And like she said, well, let me, get, let me put you in contact with someone that can give you advice so that you don't do something silly or just not go to varsity How or college. How old were you at this moment? around 17 maybe okay. yeah and i met with this individual and he said you do what you love and everything yeah. else will follow and it was an amazing lesson even so early in my life because looking back it was almost that the steve jobs speech that he did in uh, in one of the unis yeah. in america where he said looking back all the dots start connecting and make sense and you don't know when you're going forward what those will be but looking back it works itself out yeah so i went on to do graphic design web design multimedia in those days and then got into web programming then landed up in project management in the uk and was managing outsourced teams in india which was that kind of the offshoring yes thing quite popular and then yeah, I went into client service and client focus, marketing, digital marketing, advertising, and, and then more into the business side of things. And technology was always one of the departments we've had in our businesses previously. So then just understanding that was a really important thing to, like really critical in the industry because not many people could do that right. Delivery and quality was always, always a challenge. And just knowing if we do that right, we're in that blue ocean strategy where we could just focus on adding value and shipping features as fast as possible to our clients. So that was the founding starting stages to Basalt. And where we are today is a technology company 
holding financial solutions and products in, uh, within the banks and FS and fintech um, startups. This is awesome. We were chatting about how your business grew tenfold every and you had to build a strong leadership team. You had to start from scratch. What was the most important attributes you looked for in the leadership team? And how did the company culture change as each member joined the business? So I think well, it's, it's quite interesting because when you start from a mm. zero base, the growth is yeah. exponential. And uh, knowing what stage, what, what you have to do at what stage. And when, when starting a business from scratch, you are, as a founder, doing every single role and mm. department and you're switching hats. What's interesting and I learned in there was, say you're running different departments, then operationally bring in that person that is that it would run up your head up your operations, give them as much leadership and guidance and tools as you can so that they can pick that up and run with it. And then you can go to the next piece and next piece. And next. It's, a, it's a slower process and uh, more structured and uh, create stability, but holding it through those, that, that process, which worked quite well for me. So the last component was finance, because that was one that it's very difficult for a founder to not say let go, mm. but to hand over to someone else. So it went to operations, finance, to the te- from technology, to all HR and all these components. So that, that's, that's really how I started bringing in specialists to do the job that they're really good at in, in that space. And then, well, then you've got an interesting thing with team dynamics. You can have brilliant people, great skills, but the, they don't work together yeah. in the team that there is. It has nothing to do with individuals, just the dynamics of personalities and stuff, which is, which was also a great learning. So we've had people on our leadership team which were brilliant, but just didn't fit in from dynamic. I wouldn't say culture because it wasn't culture or it could be maybe our business culture. But yeah, so it just works its way out and takes few years. But one has to be realistic with, with yourself in terms of how long that takes. So I think for that team to be set up was no less than 22 months to what was the moment you realized you needed support, you need a couple more members, either on the exec team, on the leadership team, to help you grow this business and, and see it thrive? I think that's quite an interesting one. So I think in this, I think in the, everyone says, well, what is the first part of yes, the first six yes. months or eight months yes. of, year of the business? What did you do was a lot. Yeah, just everything, employing mm-hmm. to finance, to gearing, to delivery, to, but you know what, it's important because you, one understands the DNA of your own business and what the mechanics are that make up the success of all these components. And I've always said your business has a heartbeat and potentially the founders know what that rhythm of that heartbeat is. And if it misses a beat or two, you know where to pick it up. Often when you see businesses or companies being bought out and handed over so quickly, they, that there's a high percent of failure or team dynamics because uh, external individuals or companies don't know what that rhythm is or the rhythm of the company. And that's also where the culture changes, where people leave a company because the culture changed, but it was actually more the rhythm of the company and how it was working and running. So yeah, those are quite interesting uh, lessons and learnings I've had through that process. Yeah, we're working with a couple companies that only have founding members and they're currently building their exec team. Do you have any advice for them where the company culture is ultimately just maybe a founder and a co-founder and it's, they need to decide right now the direction they're going in. Yeah, so I think it's, there's a lot of it boils down to like, to like individual and one's character and being able to let go because you can only grow, you can't grow your business on your own. You need people and good skills and talent around you in order to scale and grow. And in saying that as well, you need to invest in that too. You, Cutting corners when it comes to people and skills, it, 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 it never works out. Yeah. You, you actually, you're building, you're building, you're building with no foundation and with the crappy scaffolding. 
it's finding the best people. And even I've had this, and it's, it's been a lot of what our success is. I'd rather have less brilliant people than many average. So let's pay people great money, but have less brilliant people because there's just less challenges that we would have. Not to say that we won't train and inspire and uh, have interns in our company. Mm. But I think uh, when you're starting out from scratch, you've got you to keep it tight and know that the people in the company can run and lead clients' conversation, be strategic, be technologists, and uh, be confident in their space. I love that. And your teams have been built in different time zones, speaking different languages, and your goal is to build high-performance teams. Firstly, what does a high-performance team look like in your eyes, and what's the secret to doing this? (laughs) So it's quite, I have a good snoozle because we've got very strong, like, kind of values in our yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and principles as well. And one of those are, is we, I, I told when I interview people, when I was interviewing people, I'm in the business or in the basketball business at least, I would say you, you go to work, you, you actually you drive a car, you can pay your mortgage, your bond, you can get married, you can kill a person, you can go to jail. You, okay, where is this going? <laughs> you, can get, you can get your work done. So you don't have to be babied. You've got all sense of responsibility in your private life and where the limits and all these these things are what you can or can't do but don't come to work and act as a child because we're adults and we don't need to be babied and I think it's refreshing to see that in our company and how people work together in that sense we don't have conversations around non-delivery like performance and micromanaging wow. and time watching and clocking because we yeah we're all adults we being smart in our business is the ticket to the game everyone's smart because that's the space we're in deep tech high tech but it's really around just owning everyone everyone owning their own workflow and their work stuff and i think that's where there's a massive difference and one can see that change okay question for you then everyone thrives off a different managerial style if you've hired someone that you've noticed maybe would do better in a a position where they're working close closer with their manager is that person then just not made for your business or, or how would you look at a situation like that it's a, it's a good question because you've got to hire different skills for different roles and mm-hmm. in our leadership team i've deliberately made sure that everyone is very different in in, in a sense that so we're not the same people have the same thinking and we're always challenging each other you've got an introverted very mechanical person running maybe an operational an engine room you've got a managing director that is very extroverted and mm. client facing and strategic so you've got to find all the different skills and the magic's putting it together and i suppose that takes experience and a bit of intuition as well and it's important to have deeper conversations with people than just surface interviews and chats where like I always say, I'm not, I'm not looking at what you've done to come to our company. We're looking at what you can do and what you're going to do. And who are people as individuals? What is the electricity that puts, puts uh, fire in your body so that you, you, what do you get up in the morning to do? And is that purpose aligned to our company's purpose? And then you can't employ someone to be more creative, more positive, more passionate. Those things individuals come to a business with. Or, so you've got to align to those and then everything else falls into place quite nicely. Awesome. Okay, this is a question I'm very interested in knowing the answer to because I work on the BD side. Businesses are inundated with companies trying to sell their technology. How do you get in front of the right person? How do you get their attention? And then what sets Basalt apart from the rest? That's a really great question. It's it's understanding who the right person is and what are their pain points or what are their needs. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes from a lot of my marketing background or launching products and 
is, is understand what are the pain points and how do we solve those problems and deliver on those problems. And if you can do that, then you're already like streets ahead. And, and if people don't have the time of day for a person or a company, you're actually not adding value or delivering or, or showing or sharing any value. Because if you know, if anyone sees value, they'll jump at it because that that's what we're after uh, in terms of uh, needs or our requirements. So, and it's often told, people said, well, who are your competitors? And I actually don't know and I haven't had the, the time or, or lost the energy to, to do that because uh, we're solving our clients' problems every day and we're looking at our clients' customers and, and our clients are the customer and their customers and how we enriching and bettering their lives and, and giving them solutions. And doing that right is just where word of mouth spreads and, and the magic is created. Okay, so you've identified the right person. Now you're trying to get in front of them. Is there any innovative ways you go about this? Now if you look at like our industry, we focus predominantly on in finance. You know, So when last did a person pick up a phone and try to get hold of a bank mm. and go through the lengthy processes and then get dropped mm. off and picked up again and and then understand, oh, we've got technology in place, but is it actually connecting us with our brands or disconnecting us? Mm. And then that could be a pain point. And how are we, and are these maybe private wealth clients or private banking clients? And is that the right way to connect? And this is merely just an example, understanding yeah. from a, a customer's point of view. So maybe you've got the best tech, maybe you've got the best call centers, answering centers, but are you, are you actually solving your client's simple problem in the process that has been set up? So... How do you then simplify, become more efficient and answer those client challenges and um, problems in, in, in a better way? So you know, it's just an example of how, how we approach things you know, and looking at where the, the pain points are and, mm. and how we can close those gaps and create opportunity for our clients and their customers. You, you just mentioned helping businesses become more efficient and you do this through technology. What are the most common things that are slowing businesses down that can be solved with technology, specifically yours? So I think obviously there's the, and to be fair, in South Africa and Africa, we've really got this this entrepreneurial spirit. And there's always that saying in, in South Africa, at least we'll make a plan. So like we have that solving problem <laughs> yes. mentality. But I think it, there's, there's a right time and place for it, but where we can be a lot faster and quicker in the way we do things and deploy and not overthink and be critical around the risks too much and I start to get going and once you're moving one can then build out the, the, the pieces there and there are many great stories around that we've had but obviously they sit with, within our clients environments which is quite high enough but again yeah it's really be able to move faster than a mothership can or a massive corporation and there's their massive pockets of excellence but uh, mm. uh, that's going to change and interestingly, looking in the UK and working a lot in the UK we the customers driving that behavioral change for the corporations. So you look at the Revoluts and the Monzas and all the banking yeah. apps and fintechs and the, the banks have to play catch up now because the customer is driving that, those new initiatives and trust and journey. And I think it's going to happen in South Africa very quickly. And if not already, it is, but it's going to, it's going to come quite fast. I'm excited to see what's in store. Wayne, you have exciting things in store from your end. You're starting a venture boulder between South Africa and the UK. There are two VC models in Africa, the traditional model and the new model. What are your thoughts on the two? It's an interesting, and uh, I suppose every 
everyone has a purpose and every investment um, strategy or model has a purpose. But uh, what we're looking at is is having founder builded venture where the founders bring the ideas and have the, the opportunity to then build those and, and grow those. And what's exciting there is that there's an understanding of what those businesses are and from early, early stage. And in that space as well, if you know something doesn't work, you scrap it and you find the next one. So it's almost like a an engine room for great ideas to get to the next stage of Series A, Series B funding. So we've got four businesses already that are, wow. are, are going into the engine and looking forward to yeah, how those are going to be accelerated and taken out or, or maybe one or two might not, but then uh, we go back to the drawing board. So a high performance team between South Africa and the UK and looking at building these great initiatives. And it's becoming quite a big trend in terms of venture building studios. They typically start with 100% ownership for the founders and then and then they give them equity. And then there's also opportunity for South Africa to look at corporate innovation and a bit of a blended model of the free range uh, venture builder startup studio, for another word, um, in a corporate innovation side and way of doing it. So really excited we're really excited for that and the opportunity is massive that's awesome i'm excited as well wayne thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and advice it was so helpful there's a couple nuggets in there that i'm excited to implement in my day today where's the best place for listeners to reach you well, the best place will be linkedin so you can just search me on linkedin it's wayne zwier z-w-r-e-r-s and it's Basalt Technology is the tech company that we have. And then Launcher is going to be our venture builder in the UK, which will be coming in the next few months. Amazing. Thank you for having me on the show. Awesome. Thanks again, Wayne. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you.